I bet you if I was to tell you that in the SEC there would be four teams, if I was to tell you preseason there would be four SEC teams ranked in the top ten before we ever even get started with the season, two weeks into the season that there will be four teams in the top ten from the SEC, none of you would have thought that Kentucky and Arkansas would have been involved in those two teams. Everybody would have thought, okay, I can see Georgia, Alabama, Texas A&M, and then, you know, give, it, give or take a team. Maybe you do take an Arkansas in that spot jumping into the top ten. But the other thing is nobody would have thought that Georgia would also be a top unless you're a true Georgia fan. You knew where Georgia belonged coming into this season, and that's where Georgia is, the top of the country. Go dogs. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Dog Talk with your host, Holden. Hope everybody's doing good today. Glad to have you guys back here with us as we prepare for another episode, getting ready to face off against South Carolina this weekend. Very excited for that first true road game of the season, even though we opened up in Atlanta to start the season. Not really a true road game. I mean, that was, I'd say, I'd I'd be willing to say 75, 80% dogs in that one against Oregon, and then obviously get the home game against uh, Sam. Samford, man, I almost said Samson. Uh, anyway, Samford this past week in a home game. So first true road atmosphere for these dogs headed over to Columbia, South Carolina, one of the hottest places in the world to have to play a football game. And we're playing it at lunchtime this, this coming Saturday. Luckily, weather doesn't look like it's going to be too terrible for this game. But like I said, it's going to be hot, even though it says it's 80 degrees. 80 degrees sitting in Columbia, South Carolina is a different kind of hot um, and then you're also going to have to sit there and listen to Sanderud all day long, too. So it just doesn't get much better. doesn't get, mu- get much better. We're jumping into it, though. I'm going to try things a little bit differently off the top here. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter, starting off there. But that's at Dog Talk 20. YouTube is rolling. Glad to have you guys back on video here. If you guys are watching on video, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel as well. This is what we're getting to. We've got a few news and notes to get to before we get kind of geared up for the South Carolina conversation. And then we're going to jump around some of these other really big games that are going on around the country this week, as well as kind of get to our picks, I guess. We've got some Twitter polls that we'll get to at the end of the episode, and that is kind of like it's pretty much what we're looking at. So let's jump right into it. Dogs, this is the news I have for you, at least for Georgia's sake. Kind of getting things rolling off the top here. And it's really on an injury front. i tell you what, we'll hold the injuries for a second. Biggest news that came out yesterday was that Georgia and Oklahoma for the 2023 series starting at home and home, I think it's like 23 and I don't know, I feel like the second one was like 2031, way down the line. Something that nobody that's even playing on this team in 2023 would even know. Anyways, that home and home has been canceled. Um... I haven't read very deeply into it. As soon as I saw it, I thought that that may have even come out today, to be honest with you. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Uh, Reading that, the first initial thought that I saw of that was this is the SEC's way of going ahead and saying, hey, Oklahoma, they're headed to the SEC. We've got to go ahead and get things lined up on our scheduling and change some stuff up so that way we can be prepared for Oklahoma coming into the SEC, which, by the way, I don't believe that would have 
Oklahoma playing against Georgia uh, in this case because I think Oklahoma would be on the West. You know, I, I don't know exactly what they're going to do on this changeup. We've kind of talked about that in and out over the past couple of seasons, preparing for them to be coming. Uh, wasn't sure if it was going to happen sooner or later. I still don't know if this is something that's going to happen next year or if it's, we're still waiting that time out. I, I, I don't know. And to be honest with you, off the top of my head right now, I'm kind of blanking on exactly when they're supposed to be coming, whether that's 25, 26. Uh, all of it just kind of jumbles together now. It's been it's been a long few years, a couple of years that we've been talking about it ever since that was announced just a year or two ago. It's 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 also hard for me to remember if that was two years ago or last year, you know, at this point. But regardless, that game for next season has been canceled. It has been replaced with uh, none other than Ball State, uh, a very good opponent to swap up for Oklahoma. Just makes that home field advantage all that much better. And I actually saw some people complaining on Twitter that this is great, you know, as far as the homestand goes for Georgia in 2023, this looks great for season ticket holders. Some of these home games, I think the best ones I saw on there was Ole Miss, South Carolina, as far as home games go. Take that with what you will. You know, it is what it is. Sorry for the sniffling. It's that time of year. Everything kind of starts jumping on you. So uh, if you guys on video, if you see me kind of sniffling around and you guys hear me on podcast, I apologize. But bear with me. We're going to get through this thing. Now let's get to the injury front for Georgia. Biggest question we had kind of coming into this game, A.D. Mitchell, are we going to get him back? Is he still too banged up to be able to come into this game? How do things look? I know Kirby said that he could have come in if we needed him to last week, uh, but that didn't happen. It didn't end up happening. It seems like I, I think the last I read was it's a high ankle sprain. Really the same thing Arian Smith has been battling, I think, through the offseason. Don't quote me on that. Could be wrong as well, but that was something just in news and notes talking that I was actually listening and reading to. Um, and Arian Smith is also working and putting weight-bearing on that ankle as well, uh, but they do not expect him to be back this week. Uh, A.D. Mitchell is also very doubtful for this South Carolina game. It kind of stinks to be without him, but you saw last week between Jackson Meeks, between Dylan Bell, and Marcus Rosemary Jack Saint coming back in as well. Having those guys in there to be able to back him up, that helps a lot. That's, that's a very good helping hand. You know, I'd love to see a little bit more production out of Kiaris Jackson too. Obviously, we've seen what Ladd's been doing over the years, so I'm not necessarily concerned about him and what he brings to the table as far as helping in the wideout room. I still feel good, still feel comfortable. Defensively, we still look good. Not exactly sure how things are going with Christopher Smith. Um, Tyke Smith, it seems like he may have even been battling something as well. So a couple of things that we'll have to kind of keep an eye on on Georgia's front. Now, South Carolina's front, that's a completely different story. South Carolina is without many, many players two guys of which tore their ACL against Arkansas last week, and they're out for the rest of the season. And then there's five guys, four of which are on defense for South Carolina. You got uh, safety, an edge rusher, as well as two cornerbacks that are supposed to be – they're questionable for this game. Will these guys show up in this game at all? I don't know. Will they all five be out or four on defense be out? There's one wide receiver in there too. Um, if all of these guys are out on defense – I mean, that's just all the opportunity in the world for Georgia to just eat. My, not even not even considering the fact that South Carolina has one of the worst rush defenses in the country, so Georgia should just be able to run right down their throat the entire time. Seems like what Arkansas had no trouble at all doing last week in their game against them. So that's something to, something to also pay attention to here when you start looking at some of these predictions that we're going to get to and some of these 
questions of what exactly is Georgia going to do? Can we bounce back off of a kind of a weak performance from the offense, what it seemed like anyways, uh, as far as the scoreboard show? And it wasn't really weak as much as guys had one-on-one opportunities and some of the guys just didn't win those one-on-one opportunities. There were some blocking schemes that didn't work the way they were supposed to, but we move on. We're into another week. They've been practicing hard all week trying to fix the mistakes. That's what you practice for week in and week out. But this is something I want to see. Is Georgia able to kind of capitalize on some of these guys being injured? Does this help Georgia's offense to kind of rebound off of, again, not necessarily a bad performance, just a little bit more lackluster than we kind of wanted last week. Granted, it's against a team that you should have taken care of, and the biggest key to that game was coming in and just being, you know, healthy and and staying healthy, injury-free, but not sleepwalking, getting the job done. And, And they won the game by 33 points with a shutout. Defense did the job, did a very good job, stopped them from scoring. Offensively, we put up points. Two, you know, The first two drives, if those are touchdowns, does the scoreboard show a higher number? Yeah, it does. But in the end, we still got points on the board. Uh, you know, Hot Rod, he was able to come, or Hot Pod, he was able to come in and, you know, break that record as well and, and kick field goals and continue that experience as well. That's another thing you have to think of on special team side. It's good to see that he's able to kick these field goals, and we're very comfortable with it. We're not too concerned about what we have in him week in and week out coming into a game we can lean on him and understand and know that if we need him to come in the game and kick a game winning field goal or an important one at some point in time we're okay with that because we know that he can do that so that's something to kind of remember coming into this as well injuries could be a big big factor for South Carolina not to mention on that's that's our offense against their defense but even offensively for them this is just a game that I feel like Georgia's defense has a great opportunity to eat I think Spencer Rattler is going to be running all over the place, which he will do a good job of, all over the place trying to extend plays because I think Georgia's defense is going to wreak havoc. I think this is the week where Georgia starts to press through that offensive line and get in the face of quarterback even more than we have against Oregon, even more than we did against Sanford, start to get some sack numbers, bringing them up, starting to see these guys bust through the line and really wreak havoc on a quarterback and an offense of South Carolina who's already kind of reeling in some, some situations. Um, so I'm excited to see what Georgia's defense is going to do on that, and I know you guys are as well. So this is kind of where we start to get to some of the keys of the game. Offensively, a lot of it is, hey, let's run the ball effectively. We talked about this, I think, last week. Stick to your identity. and may have even been against Oregon. Stick to your identity. This is a great opportunity for us to bring those rush yards up. Right now, I think yards per carry, Kendall Milton leads the SEC in, as far as yards per carry, but as far as yardage total for our running backs, they're not, they're, we're not really in the mix for that. So I want us to see, let's get to that identity of what Georgia has always been, which is running the ball. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying this to say, all I want to see is Georgia run the ball. I don't want to see Georgia do anything other than run the ball. That's not what I'm saying at all. Because seeing Stetson Bennett air the ball out, I love to see that. I love to see our wide receivers, our tight ends get in the mix and have a lot of yardage through the air. Trust me. But I also want to see us run the ball because if we get against a defense who has a very good secondary and that you know front seven is kind of leaning back on, on defense and we're not able to really find 
areas to pass the ball, you have to be able to run the ball. You cannot become one-dimensional. And I don't doubt that Georgia will get that all squared away. I don't doubt that at all. I think this is a very good opportunity to lean on the identity of the offense, which is running the ball. Kirby said in his presser, you have to kind of lean towards what your specialty is. If it's the quarterbacks, obviously you're leaning towards the quarterbacks. If it's your tight ends, you're leaning that way. If it's your wideouts, you're leaning that way. If it's your running backs and O-line, you're running the ball. And I think Georgia offensively has a very good O-line. Trying not to be biased as much as I can, Georgia's offense is very experienced. There's some guys, yes, they're young and they still need more experience. I'm not saying that, but... Georgia has very good experience on the line. The wideouts, we have experience. The quarterback has the most experience of anybody in the country, I believe, besides coaches, considering how long he's been there and playing college football. I don't doubt the experience of everything. So let me just kind of dial it back. Keys to the game offensively. Let's stick to that identity and run the ball. Let's run the ball rack up some yards running, and it's not just to rack up the yards, but it's to show Georgia can still run the ball. Its offensive line can bully some of those defensive linemen and make their presence known as well and give room for Kendall Milton, give room for Kenny McIntosh, Dejon Edwards, these guys to bust through the middle, to the edge even, I don't care, and run the ball, run the ball effectively. One of the other keys to the game offensively as well, other than Stetson not making mistakes, uh, that's that's kind of the top priority because I kind of I always go back to that 2019 season where Georgia should not have lost to South Carolina, but we kept making mistake after mistake offensively and we kind of slept walk into that game. Kind of one of those things that I was uh, slightly afraid of, you know, when we played uh, Sanford last week. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong. Trust me, I don't mind that. If uh, if I remember right, we'll see. Was Georgia not ranked one when we lost to South Carolina in 19? Or do I have that wrong? I may very well have that wrong. And, and again, correct me if I'm wrong on that, but it seems like we kind of got a little bit of hype and we're top top in the country, maybe higher up at least, if not at the top. South Carolina comes in and they take care of business against us and they shut that up. In this game, even though it's not a home game for Georgia, it is in a ruckus atmosphere and it's going to be loud. Georgia has the opportunity to sure up any kind of questions that anybody has. Is Georgia truly the number one team in the country? They really hadn't been tested. They hadn't been tested on the road. South Carolina's probably not that test, but if you come in here and you dominate on both sides of the ball, but if you come in here and dominate and show guys, okay, Georgia can still run the ball. Georgia's offense is still high-powered. Maybe they just took it easy. It was kind of a quiet and wet kind of game against Sanford the week before, a team that you thought you might put 60 points on. You put 33 on you come in here against South Carolina, the line's at like 24 and a half, and you, you take and cover that, teams will start, or everybody really will probably start to give you even more credit. I mean, you're at the number one team in the country. You can't get much, you can't get any higher than that other than everybody being reassured of, okay, we made the right decision. Georgia is the number one team in the country. They go to William Bryce Stadium and they play South Carolina, a reeling South Carolina, but if they can beat them convincingly, then at least... You kind of get that. So keys, offensively, sticking to the identity. Stetson, no mistakes. And then the last thing, I like to give three on each. I want to see the tight ends get a little bit more action. I want to see Darnell Washington get used more outside of just pass blocking, outside of just run blocking. I want to see the ball in his hands and more. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. We do that every week. But it just seems like we, you know, Brock, we've had a couple passes to him. Lads kind of getting the ball more, which I like. 
I want to see Darnell get the ball more. I want to see Arik get in here. I know he's still kind of battling through some, not necessarily adversity, but just having to build confidence and get better and better. Every week in practice, you get better. You build the confidence. You start to show the coaches as well as yourself, I'm good at this. I'm pretty good at this football thing, and I can do this. So I want to see those guys get involved as well. On the defensive side of the ball, first of all, is containing Spencer Rattler. Those those plays where he kind of has like a uh, – uh, Bo Nix, kind of a kind of a drive where maybe maybe South Carolina is moving the ball effectively a little bit, and he is extending plays by using his legs to get outside of the pocket. Containment, that's the biggest thing. Containment on him. I do not doubt that if we rattle Rattler, that he is going to make mistakes. Like I said off the top of the season, you don't leave the Big Twelve and come to the SEC and not. You know, not necessarily be successful in the Big 12 and expect to be successful against the SEC, especially in the East where you're having to play a Florida who's getting better, a Kentucky who is a good team this year, a Tennessee who's getting better, and not to mention every year you're going to have to play Georgia who for the past three to five years has been consistently very good and at the top of the country as well. So affecting the quarterback, containing the quarterback a lot of this is repetitive week in and week out but containing him when he is trying to extend a play and using his legs to get to the outside is containing that forced turnovers that's the second key of the game i want to see more turnovers from this defense now that we haven't been doing that i think we've got a couple you know obviously a really really good pick to start the season off against oregon um seems like we may have had like a fumble last week if i remember correctly but i want to see turnovers kind of be another factor in this and then sacking let's get to the quarterback that's kind of the three keys containing quarterback sacking the quarterback is another one and then as well as let's get some turnovers in this game don't doubt that georgia's defense can do that especially against a team that again i just don't feel like i just don't feel like south carolina's offense is all that good it's been kind of strange to see some of these predictions from other teams that they're thinking south carolina is going to put 13 17 maybe even 24 points on the board against georgia i do not see that happening and that's, again, just because you are playing the number one defense in the country, the same it was last year. Everybody thought it was going to be a huge drop-off, and it's not. It's not a huge drop-off at all. Georgia has picked up right where they left off, and now it's time for the secondary to kind of get, and this is another thing, it's time for the secondary to kind of get their feet wet because I do think this is going to be the opportunity for South Carolina to try to come in and start chunking balls deep. Spencer Rattler, I'll give him credit. He has a great arm, a very good arm. And I think this is an opportunity for him to feel like, okay, I can let loose and let's just hope stuff starts to drop. That's where our secondary has to be locked down. You have to be elite. You're either elite or you're not. You know what the saying is year in and year out. And we're going to continue that as well, just as Kirby did just a couple of years ago. But seeing South Carolina get these 17 and 13 points, it's not going to happen. I would be surprised if, if South Carolina scores 13, I'm going to be a little surprised. If they score any more than that, I'm going to be very surprised because – to me, something on defense has kind of fallen apart or some injuries, something has happened, and that happens. You can't always help it, but I will be surprised. And that's kind of where we get to my pick of the week. My prediction on it, 41-6, to six, flat out. I got to sitting down thinking, I was like, ah, they might score a little bit here. Uh, you know, our offense was like, no, no. I think this is the bounce back week for offense. The weather's going to be great. It's not going to be wet. It's going to be hot. Georgia plays in the heat. We're not that far from South Carolina. We're not that far from Columbia, South Carolina, and Athens as it is. I think Georgia's offense comes back alive. I think that, especially against this defense, who right now, if you have some of these injuries, 
if you lose these four and five guys, all of a sudden, you're just having to put a two-deep defense into more and more depth. Some of the issues that, that Kirby has discussed in times about Georgia's defense as well as on the offense, but defensively is you want to have that depth. Well, if South Carolina doesn't have the depth, especially the experience when you're going up against the number one team in the country, I think Georgia's offense is going to kind of jump on top of that and just pound the rock as much as they can. That's why I think the offense rebounds very nicely. I think they get in the red zone a couple of times. I think we stop some of that. And then uh, I still think they get a field goal or two in this game, which I'm okay with that. That's a win in my book. They get in the red zone, they kick a field goal. I count that as a win as long as we're scoring touchdowns. One last thing that I do want to mention. This isn't a key to the game, but this is something to mention because South Carolina, I have noticed over the past couple of years, is very good at this. Special teams defense in particular for South Carolina is good. South Carolina has blocked field goals. They have blocked punts. I think they even did it against Arkansas on Saturday. So that is something Georgia's offensive special teams, if that makes sense, for instance, punting the ball with a, at right now, a rookie punter from Australia who has only, I think, kicked the ball twice so far in the season. So he's only, he's only had to kick the ball twice. He is going to have to be smart in this game if we get in a punting situation to where he's got to know, get rid of this ball, get rid of it quickly because those guys, they're going to pin their ears back and they're going to come and try to block some kicks and try to flip the field. Or if we're deep in our own territory in situations, they're going to try to take that in for a score, for an easy score on that. That's something to watch out for. That is the, that's probably one of the biggest threats that South Carolina does pose coming into this game. So I want to remind you guys about that. And that'll kind of be the last thing wrapping up on the, uh, at least for preparing for this game the preview, I should say, they're, they're, I will give credit to their special teams. Their special teams is pretty good, and we have to be prepared for that. Georgia's first game of the season, seven straight drives, seven straight scores. Seems like against Sanford, six straight drives, six straight scores before you have to punt the ball. So that's a good way to start. Start hard and heavy and scoring quick and early. If you go in there and you punch them in the mouth and all of a sudden you're up 21 to nothing and we aren't even done with the first quarter, that kind of that slows the team down. But if we get in there and all of a sudden they kind of bite back and they ha they do maybe get a scooping score or something off of a block punt and all of a sudden we're looking at a 10-7 to 7 game going into the second quarter or something like that, you don't want to let a team like this stick around. Not because they are better than you, but because when you let teams like this stick around, they can find a way to beat you. I do not see that happening. Again, 41-6 to 6 is the prediction on it. I don't see that happening, but that's the keys to the game, in my opinion, that Georgia has to do to try to break down their defense, score a lot, as well as our defense, show why they are elite and why they're the number one team in the country as well. Kind of moving forward into the picks, I do not, I did not get the graphic up. I don't, I just kind of blanked on it. I wrote all of them down, and I was like, oh, I need to do the graphic so I can put it up on Instagram, put it up on Twitter, all this good stuff, as well as when we do the show here for YouTube as well. Just forgot. That's all there is to it. But I can at least run through it, and I'll do that. Georgia, South Carolina will be the first pick because every week I'm going to pick it. I'm going to pick Georgia, and I'm also going to take the 24 and a half. At first, I sat back and I was like, "Man, I, I just don't know. This is a very good opportunity for this to be a 34 to 10, and all of a sudden it's it's right there on the line. That 25 and that hook, you know, it kind of gets you sometimes. But I think Georgia's going to handle business, and I look forward to seeing Georgia do that. Give me Georgia minus 24 and a half coming in this one. A very intriguing game, and this is because I don't know who's good. I don't know if these two teams are good. There's a lot of credit going Penn State's way as Penn State travels to the Plains to play Auburn. 
Last year, Auburn and Penn State played, and it came down to the wire. Auburn was not that great of a team. Penn State turned out not to really be that great of a team either. I want to see what these teams are made of this year. Auburn has not looked all that impressive to me to start. Penn State kind of does look like they've taken a step up. Penn State comes into this one as three-point favorites at Auburn. This is a very good game, but I do think Penn State ends up taking this one on the plains as well. Give me Penn State for the win and minus three coming into this one. This next one, I don't know that I want to pick a winner in, and it's, it's Texas A&M and Miami. And this is why. Texas A&M, very rough game last week against App State. Very rough game. Miami has had tendencies in the past, though, to kind of sit back and make you think this is going to be a really good team, and then they get in a game like this and they completely crap the bed. I'm just going to be honest with you. There have been a time or two where I was like, Miami actually might be a pretty good team. For example, they played Alabama somewhat somewhat well a couple of years ago when they started the season against them. I think Alabama still ended up barn burning them by the end, but I was like, hey, they kind of stuck around. They might be good. They were not, and they proved that very quickly after that. So I don't really know. I don't, I, I'm not going to pick Miami or A&M, but I am going to pick Miami plus six in this one because I think A&M is actually a six-point favorite in this one. I'm going to take Miami plus six because I think Miami can keep it closer than that. Um, but I also think that if Miami wins that, obviously you get the plus six anyway, so it's okay. But I, A&M's offense is so suspect to me. I don't know if it's Haynes King. I don't know if give Max Johnson the opportunity. I don't know if Jimbo's going to do that. There is a lot right now riding on – I mean, he's got all the eyes in the world watching him and what he does with this program moving forward because defensively, yeah, they're good. App State, I don't think, has a bad offense, and you held them to 17 points. That's pretty good considering you should have probably scored about 30 to 40 points, and you didn't. That's all there is to it. I don't know what the line was. I don't remember what it was last week. I can't keep up with all that unless I write it down and have it sitting here. But regardless, this is a game where Miami can either show up and and prove that, hey, we are what, the 13th team in the country, I think is what Miami's ranked now. They can either show up and prove that, or they can do what they've done in years past and not really not really show you much of anything. And I'm not really sure if that's what's going to happen or not. So that's why I don't want to pick it one way or another, but I am at least going to take Miami plus the six as far as points go. Then we get to Mississippi State and LSU, a, a game that for the longest time LSU has reigned heavily over Mississippi State. And over the past couple of years, Mississippi State has come in, and they have actually started to fight back against that. Uh, I think it was last year, as a matter of fact, maybe if not the year before, um, that Mississippi State actually got the win over LSU. They're headed into Baton Rouge. This is a big game. And this, I think, is the first time that LSU has been at home and Mississippi State has actually been favored in a game. This may have been the first time in a long time that LSU has not been favored at home in general. Could be wrong about that. Obviously, if if, if Alabama's headed to LSU most of the time, they're going to be the home favorite. And I don't remember who went where last year. Don't think that matters this year either because LSU is inferior in comparison. I will say Mississippi State is kind of a sleeper team. Not that I think they're going to be a team that slips up and all of a sudden beats Alabama and, and wins the SEC West. I don't think that's the case. But I do, again, I've told you guys for a couple of years now, I believe in the quarterback over there. I think Will Rogers is a very good quarterback. Mike Leach loves to throw the ball, and the kid can throw the ball. So I think this is a very good opportunity for Mississippi State to go into Baton Rouge and take care of LSU. Not necessarily handedly. Again, this line is 2.5, but I'll take Mississippi State for the win, minus 2.5, and, and that's my pick. So I like to just do a few pretty simple on it. This is what I got. Georgia for the win, minus 24.5. 
Penn State for the win, minus three. Uh, just give me Miami plus six, so that's just one pick. And then give me Mississippi State minus the two and a half as well, so two more picks on that. So that's at least the picks. Now let's look at some of the other big games that there are around the country. Obviously, Georgia, South Carolina, 12 o'clock on ESPN, Williams-Brice Stadium. Oklahoma, Nebraska. Oklahoma should be able to take care of business in this. They are the number six team in the country. Nebraska head coach is no longer there. Finally getting rid of Scott Frost. They are one and two coming in this, even though they're at home. Oklahoma's 11-point favorites. The surprising thing on this is the, the over-under is 66. I'm very surprised that that line's that high, considering Oklahoma's only an 11-point favorite. So what is that? That's, what, 55? All right, I'm completely blanking on every single bit of the map. 55-44, I just don't see I don't, I don't see Nebraska scoring that kind of points. I really don't. Um, but regardless, that's one game maybe to watch. Maybe maybe Nebraska gets a little bit of life about them. I really don't expect that to happen. Kind of take Oklahoma to kind of take care of business there. That at 12 o'clock as well. So kind of get to flip back and forth between a few games there. Big one at 3.30 on Fox. Number 12 BYU traveling to number 25 Oregon. That one's in Eugene. Weather is 60 degrees and rainy. It's going to be interesting. Oregon, even though BYU is 12 team in the country, Oregon's a three-and-a-half point favorite. This is one really good thing, and this is why we talk about this. This is a good game that if Oregon wins, it looks very good for Georgia. That's why in this game I'm going to pull for Oregon. I'm not going to say that they're going to win. They are three-and-a-half point favorites. But this is also a game last year that I pulled for Oregon to win against Utah, and they did not. They got absolutely slapped in the mouth by Utah. So this is a very good opportunity for Oregon to either show up or this is a very good opportunity for Oregon to show, okay, they're not as good as we thought they were. Hopefully they do that again. That just builds Georgia's resume moving forward. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech, don't necessarily sleep on that one. Ole Miss should take care of business. Georgia Tech again. It's not going to be long before they have to make a, a uh, head coach change there as well. That one at 3.30 on ABC. A few good games here at 3.30. Obviously the Penn State-Auburn game that we just talked about as well. That one is also at 3.30 on CBS. Liberty-Wake Forest. Eh, I think Wake Forest will take care of business. Michigan State-Washington. That's not one to sleep on either. Michigan State is the number 11 team in the country. This is 7.30 on ABC uh washington undefeated as well they're both two and oh but washington's not ranked and washington is actually a three-point favorite coming into this one against the number 11 team in the country then you get south florida florida not much there louisiana tech clemson man utsa and texas man i'm surprised that line's only 12 and a half there and then you get a good one at nine o'clock on espn this is miami texas a&m like we talked about that one's a late game on espn a few good sec games there that, for the most part, yeah, Fresno State, USC. I mean, USC's 12-point favorite. Should be able to take care of business in that one. For the most part, other than maybe the reunion, reunion if you want to call that, of UL Monroe and Alabama, don't think that's going to be the same case as it was back in, what, 2007, 2008, whatever, uh, uh, Nick Saban's first season there when UL Monroe beat Alabama. Don't think we're going to see a repeat of that one. I think Alabama's going to do the same thing as what I will see. With some of these other teams rebounding off of a year that didn't, or a week that wasn't all that great last week, we're going to see if that Alabama team can do that, and I think they do pretty easily at home, 4 o'clock on the SEC network there. So with all that being said, that that is the preview of South Carolina. That's the preview. Some good looks. Again, we've got some good games around the country. 
coming into this one. I'm excited to see what Georgia does in this. I'm excited to see Georgia's offense get fired back up and rolling. Overall, I'm just excited for the dogs to be back on the field at 12 o'clock come Saturday, even though it's not a home game. We get to come back home after that, and we play Kent State on a TV station that nobody has unless you get a subscription to them. Before we jump into some serious SEC play for the rest of the season after that, where games really start to ramp up. But without, with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up again, trying to kind of keep them short and not too long here as we get started into the season. Decided to hold this for the end instead of the beginning, so that way I didn't take up too much of you guys' time off the beginning. I know loading stuff up with the with the beginning, it's like, all right, I got to listen to this, I got to listen to this, can we just get to the show? So I'll save it for the end. Uh, again, you guys, on Twitter, at dogtalk 20 Make sure you guys follow us there. We're on Instagram as well there. Um, the links are in the description, as I say, every week. For all of this, you can click it, go to the YouTube channel. Make sure you give us a like for the video. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. And then I think last but not least, if you guys, wherever you guys are listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere that you can listen on podcasts, make sure you guys give us that five-star review. Would greatly appreciate that and look forward to checking in with you guys on Sunday after we take care of South Carolina this Saturday. Go dogs.